Thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. This series is entitled The Sales Leadership Roundtable. I'm interviewing a variety of business leaders, recruiters, and fellow trainers and coaches across North America, exploring how they have overcome the challenges related to COVID-19, amongst other very insightful sales topics. Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to the Sales Mentor Podcast, Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest today is a woman by the name of Linda Fontana. Linda is the CEO of CEO Resource Board uh, in Vancouver and has been in the recruiting business for a number of years. Linda, welcome to the show. For our listeners, could you provide a bit of a background, an introduction to yourself and what it is you do? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to reach out to your your audience. And, um, well, we have a a company that has, um, well, we are the resource board, and we work with companies um, with their challenges, and we work with a a variety of advisors, and uh, we've been doing that for the last, oh, about 15 years. That's exciting. That's fantastic. And and how could people get a hold of you, Linda? Well, they can just um, get a hold of us at the um, at support at the CEO Resource Board dot com. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. That's yeah. great. So I've got a few questions uh, for you today that I'm I'm pretty certain our listeners would uh, would love your insights on. A couple are related to the pandemic, COVID nineteen. And a couple of the other questions are really related to the whole recruiting process from both candidate and hiring company perspectives. Uh, so my first question is, what has been your most significant business challenge as a result of, uh, of you know, working through the COVID-19 pandemic, Linda? Yeah, well, we are in the business of um, analyzing challenges. So for, for for us, we have been like, you know, we've been in our game um, the last year, especially as companies are transitioning. I mean, it's been, you know, companies had to transition quite fast, right? Working from home and essentially overnight, they had to um, get up to speed. So I think a lot of the challenges have been in that transition, you know, that from that shutdown and, and trying to remotely get themselves um, in the game. Right. I know. You, you, I, I think you're dead on with, with that. A, a lot of, depending on the kind of company, companies that were used to the high touch physical, you know, camaraderie of coming to the office every day and working with colleagues, uh, the transition from that going to working from home has, has <laughs> to be quite, quite challenging for many. Yeah. 
it was very challenging. And, you know, there was a sense of belonging that was missing um, and the big challenge of physical distancing. Um, but then, you know, it was just like the aftershock of, oh, my goodness, we're at home now. And what do we do? Like, um, with our teens, right? And so, um, this, everyone getting used to uh, having that sense of belonging through Zoom, which, you know, it, it was it was really challenging for people to feel connected to their teams um, overall. So, you know, we really, we as a company had to work with um, other companies in regards to supporting that communication, you know, uh, systems so that everyone felt a part of the team and um, that they could work, you know, effectively together through through technology. So it was also a big, huge transition and just um, acceleration in the use of the technology, right? It was um, full on for companies um, trying to adjust to that in itself. Right. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about. That, that If people were never used to working from home, uh, it, it takes some discipline to pull that off, to not be distracted by the things that might be going on at your in your household, to to, to still be on point, to still be, you know, putting your best foot forward from a business perspective. And that connectivity with teammates, um, you know, I, I don't know how many Zoom meetings you've been on over the last year, but uh, I, the answer to my question is too many. Uh, but it, it's, become, it's becoming a, an accepted tool and an accepted way to communicate, whether it's Zoom or Microsoft Teams or some of the other uh, solutions out there that technology does still do its very best to keep us all connected. Well, my, the, my second the, question, go ahead, Linda. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. It, but it also, having that, having that vehicle, it also brought um, the team also close together because they, they were all in each other's, you know, they saw each other's environment. So, you know, whether their kids were showing up or whether their wife was saying, do you want some coffee? I mean, it, it really brought the team together uh, as a unit as well. It did create a sense of family, like almost, right? Yeah, so, you know, it oh, did. Yeah. Your cat, you've got a pretty cat, or yeah, yeah. You're, you you're wearing a, a nice speaker today, right? Like it's interesting yeah. how it it created some more intimacy that way. I, I think that's what, oh, what sure. is an interesting thing. So my second question is really about selling. So, what has been your biggest sales challenge? due to COVID, and, and how have you found a way to work around it or through it or under it? That would be a real well, interesting well, uh, insight. Yeah, for this. I think a lot of the people that we've been working with is really mastering the marketing over this, you know, challenging time, right? Because um, we're not face-to-face. And so, you know, people had to kind of look at reconfiguring, you know, their operations and, and reconfiguring also how they were reaching out to the market. And, and reaching out and touching people in a way that um, people felt comfortable with. Right. So it, it, and it's, it's taught the world. I mean, it's terrible as, as COVID-19 has been on health and on, on the economy. It has taught us some new tricks. And we've embraced these. And anything that saves us time, money, and effort, uh, I think will stay. I, I don't think as we return to a, a new sense of normal, to use you know, overused words, um, some of these tricks, these business tools that we've embraced, will will continue on because they're useful and effective, effective for us. So, oh, I, I absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. And and what what's transitioned is this innovation spark um, within companies. They've they've had to become more creative and more innovative in their approaches. So, I think you know, coming out of this p- pandemic, we're going to see a lot of companies, new companies coming into um, 
into business um, through this innovation um, aspect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm calling it an innovation spark because they've had to be creative and innovative in their approaches of how they were doing how they're doing things. Right, and that's a very positive way to look at it. An innovative spark. I mean, that's a, that's those are great words, Linda. I, I, we can all learn from that for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. If you, this next question is a little bit pre-pandemic, which is usually a lighter topic uh, to touch on. Um, if you think back, what has what has proven to be your most successful sales strategy over the last three years? Uh, well, here again, it's it's technology, right? It's it's being able to um, reach um, your audience um, it, because a lot of people they really they don't have time to to have those coffee meetings the way we used to you know years ago. So it's right. it's really uh, uh, reaching out to a, a vast group of your network. Um, so that you're touching base with them on an ongoing basis. And I think that's what we've been able to do over the past, you know, quite a few years is, is keep that relationship going. Um, and whether we're giving them information around, you know, business issues or um, sales-related issues from a recruitment perspective, it's always reaching out and giving them information uh, that they might not be able to get a hold of easily, right? So we're big innovators. Right to providing um, information to our to our um, network. Information and advice, and I really like what you touched on. It, it's about having and keeping and nurturing those relationships. Even though technology is playing a, a role in facilitating our communication, it's still centric around the, the whole relationship model, which is wonderful. That's, uh, you know, that, that some things, old school, some things are best and, and you know, focus on the relationship will never go away in my eyes, for sure. Yeah, that's, and I think it's, it's so true, and it's it's a constant um, reaching out to that network that you've that you've you know that you've developed. Um, and I think a lot of times companies forget about you know their their current customer base and what you can what you can provide them with, right? Um, right. Whether it's resources or support, um, even if you're not doing business today, it's just still reaching out and touching them. I think that's a, a huge key to success in, in growing your business. Keeping the currency current and, and, and adding value, even when you're not doing business with them currently, which is a wonderful way to, to foster and nurture that relationship long-term. Use it to my ears, actually. No, it's, The last it's two so questions are about recruiting, and this is your sweet spot. This is what you've been doing for, for quite some time, Linda. Um, the first one is about the, the candidate side of the desk. So for, for candidates looking for a new sales job, and there's got to be a number of uh, our listeners today who that, that is where they are, what two things should they do to help position themselves as a top candidate, Linda? Well, you know, if you're in the sales game, you've got to be be able to market yourself, right? So the resume is is an amazing marketing tool, but a lot of resumes that I look at today are not marketing tools. They're just, a, you know, they the way they've designed them um, becomes very challenging for someone to kind of quickly look at, you know, you really just have a few seconds to kind of create attention on your resume. And if right. anything, I can tell your listeners that are looking for positions is that you, you really only have a few seconds to grab hold of uh, the attention. So, the way you design your resume in in kind of um, showcasing your um, strengths is is 
very important. And and also to just, you know, have your, your, your top, your last three positions on your resume. Like, you don't have to have five pages, you know. Really what we're looking at is that first page. And so your right. top your last three positions is a huge thing. And um, and also, if you've only been with a company, let's say, the, for the younger ones, you know, if you've jumped around a bit and, and have been with a company under two years, give a little give a little bit of a notice to why you're only there for two years. Because people will see that and say, hey, you know, they go next. We'll go to the next resume, right? So, you know, you right. have to kind of explain, your, you know, why you were only in a position for a couple of years. Um and if you've been in positions for longer, like those three, it's, it's nice to see the detail of your achievements, right? So people can kind of see it quickly. Because really, you only have a few seconds with that piece of paper. So you got to really right. be tuned in. Yeah. Right? That, that makes, that's great insight. It, 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 people are just going to look because they've probably got a staff they're trying to read through. So what makes yours stand out on one page? Uh, so I, that's, that's great advice. And answer some of the questions that the reader might already be thinking like wow that person's only been there for a year why why did they leave so quickly right so having that kind of dialogue in the resume to stand out to eliminate any of the thought the you know the the uncertainty of the reader is is great advice as well that's awesome yeah and for those and for those people that are looking for a position you know you go into your industry and and don't be afraid to to you know knock on a few doors of, of companies that you're interested in working with um because a lot of times you know there could be an opening right so you know i think i think the candidates have to kind of focus on what they're looking for and and what company is of interest to them as well than just waiting for the roles to show up so you have to be right. proactive the market and you have to introduce yourself because a person that introduces themselves they you know they they do get success i mean for sure i i liken that to them showcasing their talents as as a sales professional by opening the door and saying hello and introduction introduction at that (laughs) a living example of what it is you do for a living so why wait for someone to call you there's a reason there's there's numbers on the phone. It's for dialing and setting up a situation. That's that's exactly. well said. Exactly, and 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 just the just to be intrigued about the company to say, hey, you know, I'm I'm reviewing your company and I'd like to learn a little bit more because you know it's of interest to me and um, there might not be a position at this time, but I you know I'd love an opportunity to have a visit and you know take a look at, at the company and and I think that's a big huge plus. That's that's great insight. Being proactive and to the point, and and you know, making the first move is uh, certainly sales DNA. That's what we all in sales need to be doing. So yeah, my, my and, last and a lot of times. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, just a lot of times people just pray and pray that they're going to get the job, right? So, right. I mean, putting your resume out there, uh, you know, instead of being tar- more targeted, it's it's going to take you longer to to land a good job. So. You know, be very targeted in your approach as to who you want to work for and and right. and, and then design your resume around that so you're not just praying and praying that you're you know, you're gonna land an interview. Um, right. So, so focus yeah. on, on on what you're after and, and everyone's probably got highest currency in their existing industries that they work in, so that someone hiring the person isn't taking a bigger risk to try and teach them a new industry. Well, exactly. I mean, there's you, you, you know, I think we all have transferable skill sets for sure. We do. And so, you know, you have to recognize what those are. 
and and but also as a as a great employee, you you want to come to work, you know, enthusiastic and excited about the position. So you know, showing some initiative of industries that you're keen on, and then designing your resume around that, you have a greater opportunity of of landing an interview. That's that's fantastic. Sure. That's great advice for our listeners. It, it certainly is. My last question for you today, Linda, is about the other side of the desk. So the, this, this is for uh, the companies doing recruiting, looking to hire. So companies recruiting a new salesperson or leader, what are the top two qualities or characteristics that might help predict a successful hire in your experience? Well, yeah, our company, you know, we've used uh, a tool called DISC, you know, um, and that's tool has been a, a, a very strong indicator for success in sales. It's just a, it's a, it's a behavioral profile because what, what companies are looking for are individuals that can, depending on the type of sale that they're, that they're um, salesperson they're looking for, whether it's a hunter or a farmer or a combination of both behaviorally, you, you, you want to have a, a, a candidate that can um, shine in, in that, that particular role. So um, the disc, profiling that we do at the company is is amazing because it kind of gives a snapshot of um, the, the ideal candidate. And and generally what we do is we, we, we benchmark the top performer at every company. Um, so we benchmark all their their sales talent and their behaviors and, and we measure candidates against that. So, you know, that gives us kind of a, a tool to kind of gauge decisions on. Ah, so so taking a good look at what good looks like first by creating a benchmark, and then hiring right. talents that would complement that the, the benchmark, uh, if you will, on an ongoing basis. Exactly. So you're building from the top. You know, um, right. So that you you're building from a from a place of strength, and and you're just building on top of that strength. Um, and it behaviorally, right? Because sales is all about behaviors and behaving consistently. Um, and whether it's competitive, whether it's your ability to be engaging, I mean, there's a whole bunch of factors, you know, that create, um, you know, the, the right salesperson, right? So, yeah, that, yeah. that's that using some technology to help. And you're right, selling, you know, good selling, the top performers are consistent with their behavior. Um, you can learn, anyone can learn the product, but the behavior of selling is, is stands out by itself. So being able to predict that with, a, with technology and baselining your existing team, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a best practice for sure. It is. And it's, and it's gained, you know, it's, for us, it's um, our ability to be able to um, really guarantee our people for a full year based on the kind of profiling that we're doing um, and the information that we gather um, so that we've got that success and that benchmark for for them to draw on, um, instead of just a guessing game, you know. And I think a lot of people right. guess, you know. It's, it's no one wants to be in the guessing game for, for, for no performance. the guessing game. Yeah. And you've also got to be aware of uh, what I've noticed uh, through through my time in the, in the world of selling, which is a long time, um, is that you have to watch out for this uh, the candidate's best sales call being the interview. And it just gets worse yeah. from there. And so a, a tool that would test, you know, deeper behaviors is, has, has got to be a proven science. That That is a great it, it idea. Could be, 
it really clearly is. And, and you know, everyone has their unique qualities. And so you want to capture them and put them in the best position. Um, and, and, and those qualities, you know, they grow and change depending on the position as well. So, but, you know, from a company's perspective, if they're looking for a technical, you know, individual, you know, they, there's some behavioral qualities there that have to, that have to be at a certain level. Um, and the benchmarks provide, provide kind of the tools for that to, you know, that to kind of showcase, which is important. Right, right. Linda, I'd like to thank you very much for being on the show this week. It's uh, your, your your insights, your your knowledge, your experience really shone brightly and uh, greatly appreciated. On behalf of all listeners, I'd like to thank you for, for coming on the podcast. It, in closing, would you like to say anything to the world of selling today, given where we're at? Well, I think I think we should all give ourselves a big clap, <laughs> and you know, right. and and you know, really, I think um, we we've all done a great job in a very challenging year, and um, it's I think people people have all come together and supported one another, and I think that's uh, a very good thing. That's that's fabulous. What a what a beautiful and positive message to to, to end on. Uh, one more time, Linda. Thanks for coming on. How can people get a hold of You're you? Welcome. Well, they can, like I said, they can they can reach out to us by support at the CEO Resource Board dot com, and we'll be glad to um, communicate with them. Yeah, for sure. That's fantastic. Once again, Linda, thanks for being on the podcast this week. Uh, have yourself a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ian. Thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. Less sins, more wins. For more information on my books, guides, online sales training, and coaching programs, please visit salesmentoru.com. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Less sins, more wins. With Ian Selby.